Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Healthcare providers have dealt with an unprecedented year. As they cared for COVID patients and saw inpatient stays plummet, the equipment they used to carry out their missions still required upgrades and depreciated during the pandemic. To talk about this issue, I'm joined by Kim Montgomery, Vice President and Healthcare Originations Leader at TIAA Bank, who has been on the front line of advising healthcare equipment vendors and providers about how to best strike a balance between preserving cash flow and finances in response to COVID-related difficulties. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. And um, just to give a little background at TIAA Bank, I lead our healthcare vendor equipment finance business. And we specialize in providing equipment leasing and financing solutions for U.S. healthcare providers through relationships uh, with leading manufacturers and distributors of healthcare technology. Our team touches many different aspects of healthcare from the largest health systems to ambulatory surgery centers to private practices in nearly every specialty. And we engage with providers daily to help structure financing to support the implementation of healthcare technology, including but not limited to diagnostic equipment and imaging technology, surgical devices, telehealth solutions, and really anything that's deployed to support healthcare. Well, thank you for that setup, Kim, and um, certainly in a great position to help uh, talk about this particular issue. And I'm curious from what you've seen, how did providers go about handling equipment issues during the pandemic? Well, from what we heard in conversations, it, it really varied. Um, you know, of course, healthcare providers that were on the front line were solely focused on acquiring equipment and PPE to support the urgent need of COVID care. And so they invested in key emergency resources such as hospital beds and ventilators and PPE. You know, we all we all read the headlines about the shortages in, in those areas with ventilators and PPE and hospital beds, of course. Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, healthcare providers that were shut down in some cases took a different approach. As I mentioned, we also provide financing for equipment used in other types of facilities, such as surgery centers and private practices, for example. And, you know, we found a good number of practices using the time they were shut down to make improvements to their practice. Um, you know, it's a whole lot easier to build out an operatory or complete some construction projects. Um, you know, and have new equipment installed and tested uh, when the practice is closed and you don't have patients uh, coming in and out. Um, Of course, it was somewhat risky for them, not knowing when they would be allowed to reopen, uh, what their patient volume might look like, and how soon they would start to receive those reimbursements to offset their investment in infrastructure and equipment and those types of projects. Um, But in all cases, whether the healthcare provider was focused on urgent COVID care or managing their shutdown. Um, you know, we saw a lot of changes made to daily procedures to increase safety for staff and patients. And, you know, we've, we've all experienced this 
if we've been back in any type of medical facilities recently, but, you know, of course, adjustments were made to add plexiglass barriers and social distancing floor markings and distance seating spaces and waiting rooms. Um, but we also saw a lot more substantial upgrades like improved air filtration systems and disinfection and sanitization systems to provide clean environments. And we're, we're still seeing a lot of technology being deployed to help uh, those type of causes even now. Um, so providers, you know, also made heavy, heavy in, you know, investments into um, technology like patient portals and telehealth solutions to provide virtual care where that's available. And Kim, you suggested that providers ask themselves three questions as they assess the changes that they made and prepare for recovery. Let's start with your first one. What have we changed since the pandemic started and then what impact has it had? Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot has happened and changed and it's worth an investment of time for providers to conduct a thorough evaluation of all the changes driven by COVID-19 you know, to take a step back and, and take another look at what has changed and also look at the cost-benefit analysis of each change that they've made. Um, you know, that will make it a lot easier for them to decide what has actually made a difference and what their path forward could look like. And second uh, you posed was, should I reassess the changes and investments I've made? Yeah, there, you know, there have been some positive results of the changes providers made during the pandemic, and, you know, especially as it relates to patient experience. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, we uh, found a 2019 study by the nonprofit Health Research Institute, Alterum, uh, that found that Americans were traveling farther and waiting longer for healthcare when compared to other professional services. And COVID has certainly streamlined many of the factors that contributed to these pain points. Well, you know, we've uh, seen online check-in and patients uh, being able to check in and, and check their status in, a, in online or in an app. Um, you can update insurance information and past health history prior to arrival at a facility, uh, meaning patients don't have to spend time updating their information sitting in a crowded waiting room on a clipboard. And many healthcare providers have also pooled resources into an effective telehealth strategy, allowing patients to opt for virtual care for certain types of health care visits. Um, but, you know, a lot of the changes driven by COVID were made quickly and, you know, time wasn't on anyone's side. And as a result, providers should evaluate the changes they've made thoroughly to make sure they're solid from a technology and cost standpoint and to determine if they need to make any further adjustments as we move to the other side of the pandemic. Kim, your third question uh, was, am I in the financial position to keep changing? Yes, this is a critical question. Um, providers should make sure that as they're implementing the changes um, that they're matching the expenses to their anticipated revenue as closely as possible. Implementing technology services that provide Insurance reimbursable revenue should be paid for as that revenue comes in. Um, and they should also consider using financing options like an equipment lease or loan to make necessary upgrades that will strengthen their balance sheets in the long run. You know, for example, if it takes uh, three months for 
patient volume to increase and get back on track and another three months for insurance reimbursements to begin contributing to revenue. The payment structure of the financing option should allow for lower payments during that first six months as, as those uh, things are ramping up. And that's the type of conversation we've been having with healthcare providers across the U.S. throughout the pandemic and the recovery to help them determine the best structures for financing to meet their unique needs. So let's go a little bit further into that, Kim. Do you have any further suggestions for providers that are looking at their current equipment needs or considering new capital investments? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would I would make three recommendations uh, to them as, as patients are becoming more comfortable returning for regular diagnostic testing and procedures. And the first I would point out is that providers should evaluate their existing technology. Uh, we saw a lot of delays with uh, upgrading equipment during the pandemic because it just was not a top priority. So were, were any upgrade cycles delayed? And if so, it's, it's important to get back on track or they could run the risk of incurring higher maintenance costs to service older equipment as it nears the end of life. Um, next, I would suggest that providers should also assess the benefit of adding new technology to achieve the best standard of care and a better patient experience. As we touched on earlier, patients have choices and it's important for providers to differentiate themselves as leaders with the best technology to diagnose and treat health conditions. In addition, tools like telehealth options and health records portals and the like um, can also help differentiate providers in a sea of options. You know, patient expectations are changing and providers should consider how they will respond. Um, third, as I mentioned earlier, providers should consider the best way to acquire the technology that allows them to match revenue with expense. You know, whether it's through a capital budget, a lease, a loan, a rental agreement, um, you know, pay per use type of structure, or a subscription-based payment option that bundles equipment and maintenance and supplies into one convenient payment. You know, there, there are numerous options to budget for and numerous ways to acquire medical technology and devices. And the options can be overwhelming. Um, and I, I would recommend that they find an expert with healthcare domain expertise to help guide them through the evaluation process and make the best decision for their unique situation. Sound advice, Kim. If someone wanted to get in touch with you or your organization, where can they go? They can visit our website at tiaabank.com and click on the commercial tab. Excellent. Kim Montgomery, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the Hospital Finance Podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, drop us a line at update at Bessler.com. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.